Wave Award is presented for the people by Caesars Sportsbook, the greatest sports betting app of all time. Download it. It must be 21 or older. Week 7 is in the books. Vinageddon is over until at least week 13. We have every team playing this Sunday. Thank goodness. I think we would love more football and we would love to have all our studs back. Of course, that'll make our starts and sits a little more tricky, but we're here to help you with all of that. Welcome to uh, today's episode of Waiver Wired. I'm Jen Piacenti and with me today, Eddie Spaghetti. And Eddie, we have to kick off this episode talking about your Monday night miracle. Oh my God. I don't, I mean, I don't know. I, I want to hear tweeted me. I want to find out how many uh, listeners had that were in the same boat as me. Um, so my quarterback journey with my, my main league was been very up and down. I had, I kept Aaron Rodgers. Obviously, you know what happens to him. Uh, I took their Sean Watson as a kind of like a safety, but I also picked up Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson hasn't been terrible this year. He's actually been a lot better than, than Deshaun Watson. For whatever reason this week, I said, I'm just going to play Deshaun Watson. I figured this game versus the Colts wouldn't have been the way it was. Um, and he comes back from his injury that we didn't even know why he was really missing time. But he gets hurt very early on, throws an interception, luckily didn't throw a second interception, which was taken away. So he's out of the game now with uh, negative 1.55 points uh, in my league. And my opponent happens to be my brother. So uh, we're both very, very good teams. We're both five and one at this point. And then he has Patrick Mahomes go for like 46 oh, points man. and a bunch of other guys. So we're in a real close uh, match. And then obviously mm-hmm. we get to Monday and now, um, you know, I got lucky with some players and he had some kind of uh, stinkers on his lineup. So he had Ayuk and Kittle going against me having uh, Addison in the Monday night game. And obviously if I started Russell Wilson, who I think finished around like 18 or 19 points, yeah. I would have been ahead by a lot. I would have been, I would have felt pretty good, even if Addison had uh, an average game. And then, of course, Addison explodes. Um, Kittle and Ayuk uh, both have fine games, so to speak. Um, and then it comes down to that final drive, which is so funny because the first snap of that, uh, that when they missed the field goal, the, the Vikings, and then Purdy throws his first ball, uh, he throws it to Kittle, and uh, Harrison Smith comes in and knocks it down. That would have lost him the game, so I got lucky there. Then he threw a couple other passes, not to um, to either of those guys, and then, of course, a few plays later, he throws the interception. I seal it. Man, I was like, I could not believe it. I was like so bummed out, too, that it was my fault. I felt like it was my fault I was losing that. There's nothing worse yeah, than I know what you mean. When, it's, when it's manager decision, so I was like, girl, Grocery shopping. I wasn't even want to. I didn't even want to watch the game because I'm like, I don't want to watch myself lose. And uh, man, I was like, I was hooked. I was like, I cannot believe that happened. Addison had a hell of a game, uh, unbelievable in the absence of Justin Jefferson. So I hung on. I won 129 to 128 with a, like a fraction difference there. And uh, my brother was so mad. He removed me from my family's group chat and my group chat with uh, my friends at home. So I have no way of communicating with him and to to brag about it. But uh, I did put it out on Twitter. I'm very thrilled, and I moved on six and one uh number one team in the league so i'm feeling pretty good oh my god he removed you from the family chat my mom and my mom had to add me back this morning and it took her all of uh probably hours because she's a woman who has no idea how to use an iphone so she added me back just to see what was going on here so um yeah amazing you wanted nothing to do with me he was very very upset Eddie's brother kind of for the win on that one, because that is hysterical to get removed from the family chat over what is like a one and a half point margin. It might've been even less. It was like, it have been even fewer than a point. It was uh, was, 129.85 to 128.26. 
crazy. Oh my God. I was rooting for you because I was like, when Addison went out and they, and I was like, come on, Addison, you can tough it out. Get an IV. You can get through these cramps. You can do it. He came back and had like one more catch after that. And I think that's what did it for you. And of course, yes, Kittle, not, you know, them mm-hmm. not completing their drive. Cause it, that felt like a Kittle touchdown. <laughs> didn't it? Oh, like, yeah. I, I like, saw oh, they're going to come back and they're going to throw the touchdown to Kittle, obviously. Uh, but then I, they when, did it. When, when the Vikings missed that, um, the third down conversion, they didn't get the third down conversion. I was like, they're going to, I mean, if they kick the field goal, they make the kick it deep. We'll see what maybe they're going to, they're going to have to chuck it downfield. So I'm like, maybe Kittle won't be involved. The minute they miss the field goal and they're in like the middle of the field, I'm like, You're like they're going to hit Kittle off the Kittle scene. And Ioke. Yeah, yeah, there's who's uh, left? Juwan Jennings? Yes, yeah. apparently. I hope you took that player prop. Uh, the over there. Listen, uh, I actually think there's some things that we should talk about from that game because yes. they feel they feel like there are fantasy implications. First off, I know when we had Lindsey Rhodes on the show, we talked about what's going to happen without Justin Jefferson. Are they going to be just fine? They won two games since Justin Jefferson's been out. And Jordan Addison looks like a beast. I only have one share of Jordan Addison, which I hugely regret. I actually wanted him in a lot of leagues, but he kind of kept getting pushed up the board and I got a little nervous about taking him. I do have him on my Scott Fishbowl team. He was just an absolute beast last night. And as also we predicted, TJ Hawkinson, very, very involved in this offense now. And Kirk Cousins was just Dealing. Who would have ever thought about that? Congratulations to all of you who were able to start Kirk Cousins on Monday night. And I bet a lot of you didn't because he doesn't exactly have the best primetime reputation. Right. I mean, you, you see Kirk, when the, the minute there's lights on in a field or the it's like the uh, the dinner time, start time for a game, you're like, hey, not going to end well for Kirk Cousins. But uh, again, back to that episode we had with Lindsay, which was uh, phenomenal. Like, you know, this is a very pass first offense. I know they made the move for Cam Akers. Uh, we said, what's going to happen with no Justin Jefferson? He probably won't get the volume of targets that JJ got, but he's been scoring a crazy amount. Uh, you know, touchdown Jordan Addison. He scored touchdown his first two games, middle two games didn't score. And then scored, uh, you know, three straight games with two in the the game versus San Francisco, which we're talking about now. So, I mean, like the amount of targets he's getting, the amount of receptions he's getting. Um, this is if you're a Vikings fan, you got to be happy. If you're a person like me who has Addison on your fantasy teams going forward, you got to feel really good about it. And uh, Cousins is he is spreading the ball around though. It's it's a potent yes. passing offense. Um, and I think we've learned anything like with you know how the Vikings how they started the season we were kind of shaky. Like should they trade Kirk Cousins? Should he go to the Jets to help the Jets out? And now we're like, no, this is still a very, very good passing offense. And reversely, when the 49ers now we're like, should we question Brock Purdy? So the NFL up and down, it's crazy. But um, I I think, yeah, going forward, Addison, um, I I had a feeling he was going to be a great receiver in this league. The the duo is going to be an all time pair they have there. So they a great job in that draft and a great job. if You took Jordan Addison, your fantasy drafts. I took a couple of unders on that game, and I think they're things that we should pay attention to. Number one, I took the under on Alexander Madison mm-hmm. because, of course, we know the you know Niners defense is pretty stout, but also because he just hasn't been that efficient. He hasn't been that good. And I think last night we saw Cam Akers start to make the case for more playing time. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure that this is probably going to remain a committee. I think Cam Akers might be flexible uh, moving forward in certain leagues, depending on how thin you are. He's going to be better than some of the running backs you're going to pick up off the waiver wire. So I kind of feel like there's hope for Cam Akers moving forward. I don't feel great about Alexander Madison. He went under his rushing prop. I also took the under rushing prop for Christian McCaffrey because one of the things people don't understand, they, they think, oh, it's a great matchup with Minnesota. 
actually their run defense has been really, really, really good. They had McCaffrey to what? 38 yards on the ground last night. Yep. I think it was. Yep. Yeah. He scored, but I, and he also too, so he still did great for you on fantasy. Yeah. But, but it wasn't because he was injured. Okay. They weren't rotating in Jordan Mason, and Eli Mitchell, like we thought they might, because he was, he played like every snap. Mm-hmm. It's just that the Minnesota run defense. So bear that in mind when you're making your start sit decisions that it's not necessarily a cake matchup. Yeah. There were points because he got the goal line carry. But if you're just looking for, you know, your running back to be efficient, might not happen versus the Minnesota defense, which is suddenly looking pretty frisky. You know, and you got to think this, we thought this division was wrapped up with how good the Lions played. The Lions would get blown right. out. Now you have the Vikings come and beat uh, this top team, even without their best player. Again, it's the NFL. It's wonky. You can never figure it out. But I, I think at least from a, a fantasy standpoint, looking at the the Vikings, uh, if you have any of their receivers and you have Hawk, you got to feel pretty good about that. And then, you know, reversely, I think the Niners will be okay. I think the, I don't see a reason why the CMC touchdown streak will, will come to an end. I think Purdy will figure it out. It's okay that he's dealing with a little bit of adversity. I still trust their weapons. Um, they all had okay games. I think they'll be better, obviously, too, once Devo Samuel comes back. I'm not worried about them. Don't hit the panic button. I think lately people have been doing that too quickly. Um, but that was definitely, I did not pick the, the Vikings. I'm not sure if you picked the Vikings uh, in our picks, but I, uh, no. That was, that was a shock to me. I didn't pick the Vikings um, mostly because I thought that the 49ers would come out kind of angry about right. losing yeah. last totally. week. Get right game. I totally agree. And with it was a get right game. Mm-hmm. And even with the players down, I thought, well, I thought they would win. Now I knew there was some, you know, covering. I wasn't a hundred percent convinced about because, you know, covering is actually a lot harder than people think, you know, when mm-hmm. they make those lines, they make it to basically be 50, 50. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you got a coin flip really, if you think about it. Um, but I didn't think they would lose. I definitely didn't think they would lose. But I, this I, week was like that. This was literally okay, Eddie. I know. Listen, we only got two picks right. I'm just gonna say it out. I'm gonna put it out there. Okay, extra points league. Eddie and I each only got two point two two games right. Yep. We were the worst. We tied for the worst. We did two and ten. Um, but uh, for those listening, before you start making fun of us and tweeting at us, uh, only three people on our entire staff went above five hundred. It was a very make weird, fun of all of us. Very tough Hopefully. league. Um, we have, obviously a lot of people on our staff took. Uh, they took the Bills over New England. A lot of people on our staff took uh, the Commanders over the Giants and myself. I included. thought the Lions would come within, you know, the spread versus the, the Ravens. Yeah. So that's a, that's another game to talk about. Like, mm-hmm. did you first? see that coming are the are the no. lines it is david montgomery i understand that jamar jameer gibbs finally had a good fantasy game it did fine but they were you know a lot of that had to do with the fact that they were playing from behind and they had to throw the ball to jameer gibbs yep is david montgomery since such an important part of this offense that they can't win without him think about it maybe he's that important that's that's um that's a great question because i was thinking about you know, when they're both healthy in the beginning of the season, it was the David Montgomery show. Even they drafted Jameer Gibbs like 12th or 13th overall. They didn't really use him. Montgomery comes out, but Gibbs is coming off the injury. So in my brain, and I'm sure a lot of people did this in the fantasy world, was go pick up Craig Reynolds. You figured this guy's going to be in the mix at least. Even if Gibbs is the premier guy getting the bulk, I thought there was a chance maybe he could vulture a touchdown, whatever. So I picked him up. He was barely using the game. They used Gibbs. So to me, I, I guess it really is whatever Montgomery has shown them in the course of the, 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 course of the offseason, the coaching seven lines really believe in him. I'm glad 
they started to use Gibbs. I'm sure a lot of people that have Gibbs are glad they started to use him, but that it does make me think that I, I think like for this offense to fully be clicking, they kind of need uh, Montgomery there, which is not something I expected. I expected this, this to be a fully a Gibbs offense and they're going to be high flying with, you know, uh, Amon Ross St. Brown and obviously the return of Jameson Williams. And it's, it's not that it's, it, it you know, mm-hmm. they do rely on him. So that was that entire game to me was a, uh, was a complete shock. I never saw the Ravens oh, offense cl- like click like that and, and look that smooth every game with the Ravens, even the games they win, they like it's either a bonehead, play by yep. uh Lamar Jackson the running game yep. doesn't get going there's no real receiver standout and you know Zay Flowers usually has been the best guy but if you kind of got everyone involved Mark Andrews had a big game that was a I, I not I did not expect anything from that game no I didn't either and so like I just want you across the industry the same thing happened to SI like across the industry I don't think anybody had a good betting week this week mm-hmm. um I'm not just making excuses for us I just think it's that time of the season when like it's just what the heck? Um, congratulations to Mark though. Like what is Mark doing? Does he have a crystal ball? I'm like going to just start doing whatever Mark does. Unbelievable. 60 correct picks so far through uh, seven weeks. I mean, unbelievable. unbelievable. Uh, but again, like, yeah, we, you know, everyone struggled. Uh, please keep going to extra points, Twitter or our Instagram and follow our picks along there. And I, yeah. I, I saw and Cynthia also, Freeland even being like, posting was, with hers. It like was it was just like, Everybody so bad. And also as a staff, like I'm not sure if it was last week or two, a couple weeks ago that like almost everybody went above 500. So it's mm-hmm. like, I think you had like 10, right? I had nine, right? Everyone did great. Yeah. Um. So that's just the way it goes. Like, I mean, it's, it's un- that's why it's not it's so easy. Season. People think it's so easy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ravens though, a lot to take from that offense. Like we talked about this in the preseason. What is this Todd Monken offense going to look like? Like I said, I'm not sure that I buy it, but after this week, it's hard to not buy it. Mm -hmm. And this kind of brings me up to what I want to talk about today. By the way, friends, we will get to where our ads for this week. So hang on. I want to say before we even get to that, be sure you go check all your waiver wires, no matter what, even if you don't need anyone. Because so many good players were dropped last week because people had necessity. Mm. That you you got to make sure that there's not some a really great like Tank Dell floating around out there, right? So or Joshua Paul. I mean, like there just could be people, maybe even DJ Chark. There could just be people out there. CJ Stroud maybe even mm-hmm. been dropped, right? So you want to go make sure you check that where even if you don't quote unquote need anyone. Okay, everybody, we'll be right back after this quick break. You know, when the conversation turns stampers, I always go with my number one as Caesars. Let's talk about them a little bit, shall we? Tickets to the game, merch, meals at iconic restaurants, stays at Caesars Palace. All this can be yours when you bet with Caesars Sportsbook. Win or lose, every bet earns rewards credits, which you can redeem across the empire. Now, if you haven't started yet, register using this code. Listen up, Omaha Full. The word Omaha and the word full. And then you place your first bet up to $1,250. If you win, great. If you keep those winnings, but if you lose, you'll get your stake back as a bonus bet. 21 and over only. Offer valid and must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Massachusetts, Maryland, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. New users and first $10 plus wager only. Must register with eligible promo code. Bet amount of qualifying wager. Returned only if wager is settled as a loss. Maximum bonus bet, $1,250. Bonus bet expires 14 days after receipt. Tier credits and reward credits will be added to account within seven days after 
after qualifying wager settles. See Caesars.com slash promos for full terms. Void where prohibited. Know when to stop before you start gambling problem. Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Colorado, Wyoming, Kansas, affiliated with Kansas Crossing Casino. Call 1-800-522-4700. Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. Licensed through Horseshoe, Bossier City, and Harris, New Orleans. Massachusetts, call 1-800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Ohio, Pennsylvania, affiliated with Harris, Philadelphia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER or West Virginia, 1-800-GAMBLER.net, New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. Now, I want to play a game, Eddie. This is it. We're about halfway through the season. I think maybe next week we'll talk a little bit about like uh, midseason awards or something, like yeah. who we think is the best for fantasy. But today I want to give you carte blanche, okay? this You don't have to necessarily make this work for like real football, who's really on the trade block. I want you to give me a dream fantasy football trade that you would like to see. We have until October 31st. What trade would you love to see that would be awesome for your fantasy team? Let's let's orchestrate a few. Okay. Uh, I have okay. A, a bunch of mine. I'll start off with one I think is a home run that it works not only in fantasy football world, but it works in the uh, the real world as well for a number of Perfect. reasons. And, um, and a reason why I'm picking this, I think, for both sides. One team here wants to sell. One team here clearly is a contender who's going through some stuff. Another reason why I think it's my number one A overall best trade to make. The Tennessee Titans need to trade Derrick Henry to the Buffalo Bills. Now, I understand they bring in James Cook, who's having a similar season to uh, Henry in terms of yardage. I know that. But it, to me, it's like they were in on a lot of these running backs who uh, they never actually ended up getting. Like, I know McCaffrey was, you know, rumored about it going there, a few other guys. And it looks reversely like the Titans now with the injury to Tannehill. And they want to, you know, they they traded Kevin Byard, their safety to the Eagles. Like, they're clearly in a weird spot right now. Mike Rabel's done all he could. That team, though, is pretty much, I think, that that phase of the, of the Titans being great is kind of over with. And I think King Henry should get another crack at the playoffs. There's no better environment, this cold weather, tough team like the Bills bringing them there. And then you see how the Bills struggled versus the Giants. They see how the Bills struggled and lost versus the Patriots, which nobody saw coming. There's been the, one. That, that weird tension with Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs, who, you know, both having fine seasons, but there's nothing simpler than turning the ball, turning around, handing the ball off to that humongous monster, Henry, who really just pounds the defenses. And I think that is just like a match made in heaven. He's the perfect fit for Buffalo. And I, I think that, like, he'll just going to tire out defenses. And then it makes life a lot easier for Josh Allen, for Diggs, for Gabe Davis, for Dalton Kincaid now, especially with the injury to Dawson Knox. So I just think it's a perfect mix of like defenses now have to be honest and they have to do what they can to stop Henry. And then you have a guy like Allen with that rocket arm uh, and Diggs has been phenomenal this year too. So I, I just think that to me is a home run trade for both sides. And plus, you know, uh, the Titans, like again, had a good run, but I think this is time now. Check out what you have a quarterback. I wouldn't, you know, if we want to talk about more trades, we can talk about this one after, but if Tannehill gets, yeah. gets healthy, move Tannehill to the Jets. Like that's another good, good 100%. trade. Could, yeah. I think that is, I think that's a brilliant trade. Tannehill to the Jets, just to keep the seat warm, just in case Aaron Rodgers can come back. I mm -hmm. think that's a great trade. And, mm -hmm. and I think it would make him viable for fantasy again. 
Oh, without a doubt. I mean, and help it, Garrett Wilson, and, and and it's also well, that's what he's about. It's about it's not even like the the perspective from Tannehill. It's about what can Tanny do for the Jets? What how can he help? You know, again, keep the defenses honest, make life easier for Brees Hall. How does he get the ball to Garrett Wilson ten times a game uh, and make you know the guys like Lazard even more fantasy relevant? So um, I I definitely think that like if if Tannehill has a little bit of juice left in the tank, I think he's a guy the Jets should be targeting. Um, although like you know it, it's it's funny how week to week like you know the, uh, this conversation was happening a few weeks ago it's like yeah you got to trade Kirk Cousins now Cousins seems to be fine but Tanny's the guy in the way out and it seems like the Titans want to try out Levis um, and uh, Willis this week both to see what they have there so they need to sell off parts uh, move Nuke Hopkins too I feel that the Titans have so many guys they can move to other teams like to contenders um, and make them a much better thing while they kind of you know rebuild for the future I mean, what do you think about Nick Hopkins to Buffalo? I mean, because I, I personally think they need another receiver. I do too. I'm, you know, I'm tired. Of I think they need a slot receiver. Remember Ugh. when Cole Beasley was there? They were yeah. a lot more threatening, you know, and I get it that we do have, those of you who have Dalton Kincaid, yay, this might pay off for you, especially mm. now with the Dawson Knox injury. He had a season high eight targets on Sunday. He led the team in receiving yards. And we always said, you know, they're probably going to use him like a slot receiver. Fine. He's actually still running a lot of his routes out wide. You know, they they need that slot guy. And I, I wonder if maybe if you could move your pieces around and get Nuke there, if, if that might be a really good fit. I've mm-hmm. definitely had a lot of fantasies for my fantasy teams about another receiver going to the Bills. Here's a couple of thoughts I had. Now, this one is, is not going to happen, but this one goes out in honor of Ben, one of our best listeners. Ben... I'm going to trade T Higgins to the Detroit Lions. Mm-hmm. Listen, why? Amon Ross St. Brown, primarily out of the slot. He's a great slot receiver, like CeeDee Lamb. Tons of catches, whatever. But they need a field stretcher, and that could be T Higgins. And if they have two wide receivers with a threat, like Amon Ross and T Higgins, they're going to be really, really tough to handle, especially with their tough run game now with David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs. And then I know that that does a, maybe not the best for Sam Laporta. I, I still want my Sam Laporta stock to be there, but I'm, I'm trying to do this for Ben. Ben, I'm trading T Higgins to the Lions for you. That is my fantasy gift for you. And I think for the rest of us that have T Higgins as well, I think we'd feel much more comfortable about starting him, believe it or not, with Jared Goff than we do with Joe Burrow right now today. I, I think he has to get moved. He has to be utilized somewhere else. Uh, Jamar Chase kind of uh, planted his flag in the ground. So he's clearly the guy there, but it, it's strange how he's not getting him the ball. Um, and, and Higgins, like he could be almost like a one. I feel like yeah, on, he a, should a, be a one. on a lot of other teams. So I think that's, that's definitely a, a great move there. Um, you know, a team that I was toying around with as well, trying to figure out like there's missing something that they could be good because of how good their defense is. And I'm talking about a real life NFL, but like the Cleveland Browns. And I was thinking like, who, yeah. like, should they go just and make lost Jerome Ford? So what about if they got Derek Henry? Well, I was, also gonna, be- I had two guys. <laughs> in mind. I was thinking Saquon Barkley, I moved Saquon uh. there. And then, but I'm like, or do they need more help in, in terms of the receivers to make whatever's left of Deshaun Watson usable at this point? Should they go and get one of the Broncos receivers, go get Corlin Sutton, go get Jerry Judy. So I was, that's a team that I think could be primed to, they need some extra help. I, I know they have Cooper and Elijah Moore, but like they need something else 
else to really pop and put them over the the top there. But um, I know Saquon Barkley said he does not want to be moved, but just with the uncertainty of, of Dalen Jones's health, a, a neck injury you cannot mess around with. Uh, he was on the uh, Kay Adams program today, and he did not sound positive whatsoever about you know being clear for contact. The offensive line is just they're rotating guys in and out every single week. Um, and I, I love number 26, what he's done for the city, but it's time for him to probably move on somewhere else and be effective because he's an every down back. So I think he'd be a great candidate for a team that is dealing with a, a ton of running back injuries like the Browns. Yeah, I love a running back going to the Browns. Not yeah. that, you know, that, you know, Kareem Hunt is, is good. And now we know that Ford's going to be out for a week or two with an ankle injury. Obviously, Chubb is gone for the season. Even mm-hmm. if you just got a rental, you know, like they, they, they should get someone there. Derrick Henry is an expensive contract. That's the problem with him going to the Browns. Right. Because they just spent all their money on Deshaun Watson. But anyway, that's another bonehead thing. I've got one more for you. This is a little bit more obscure. But since we're talking about fantasy, And I would like to get a few more guys like maybe off the waiver wire or off the bench into a fantasy relevant position. I want Rashad Penny to go to the Bucks. I don't get how he's been inactive like almost every week for the Eagles. And you know what? I think it's BS. He's been one of the most efficient runners in the league when he's healthy. This is not a health issue. Fine. Whatever they're doing, they're fine. They don't need him. Right. Let him go. This is like gone to Foreman. Right. They said, oh, he was a healthy scratch. He was a healthy scratch. Jonathan Foreman's been uh, phenomenal the last couple of weeks for the Bears. Right. Get Rashad Penny over to the Buccaneers where Rashad White is only averaging 3.2 yards per attempt. Okay, just give him a chance to kind of lead a backfield, give you some efficiency. You're kind of fighting there still with Baker. The team's not bad. You got Mike Evans. You got Chris Godwin. Like, why not? What's it? It's not going to cost you that much. I don't think it would cost you that much at this point. So, um, and, and maybe you can give up. I don't know. I don't know how it works. Listen, I, I'm not making big deals, but I just like for fantasy, I would love for Rashad White, Rashad Penny to be a thing again. Because he's just sitting on your bench or he's sitting on the waiver wire and he could be a hero that could save some of us for the rest of the season. Should he be able to stay healthy? It makes no sense. He was a guy that I was going to target in drafts. Uh, and then it's the the weirdness of the, like the reports that, oh, he's going to be low on the depth chart. I'm like, why? This guy is, is when healthy is awesome. Uh, I thought with and they paid, they spent money. Crazy. To go get know. him. Something must have happened behind the scenes. I don't know if he doesn't see eye to eye with Sirianni, but um, I think that's a great move too. And also, like, you know, to bring the from fantasy to real life too, it's like the Bucks are right in the, you know, for the NFC South, it's not like any team's running away with it. So right. putting uh, like that'd be, you know, Mike Evans is gonna do his thing. It's like death taxes, Mike Evans over a thousand receiving yards. Love him. So I, I mean, having a running back to combat that with Baker who's playing well, I think that's a phenomenal idea. So um those are some of our ideas. I have more too. I mean, like, where would you put Jerry Judy? I, I prefer. I mean, selfishly, I mean, he was rumored to go to the Giants in the offseason, but that's a that's a waste of his time right now. It's a waste I, of his I, fantasy I, value too. Yeah, and for fantasy, there's no reason for him to go there. I mean, he has to be. I mean, Judy is a guy that's not. He hasn't even really hit his potential yet. I, I feel like he's a guy that has to go to a team. Like, I, I mean, what about like a. I know Baltimore brought in Odell Beckham and they have Zay Flowers, but I just feel like this offense to really click, you need like an actual, uh, you know, a bigger body, a stud there. I feel like that he's a guy that could help out Lamar Jackson. Uh, you know, I, I still think that Cleveland probably needs to add somebody else because there's just something not right with that offense. And like whatever running back is in is fine. It's serviceable. Uh, they have a great offensive line, but there's something wrong with the Deshaun connection to his, his receiver is really maybe outside of Njoku a few games. So I, I, 
still think in terms of teams who are like contenders, that's probably one that I think, um, you know, that, that should go there. Uh, I almost I think the Lions off. could work too. Cause I don't really yeah. think T Higgins is going anywhere, but I really think Jerry Judy might. I think the Broncos will be stellar that win. If they lost the Packers, I would, I th- those guys would be on the trading, de- the, the trading block for sure, because they're just, again, they, they have to just move off parts and then eventually figure out what they're going to do with Russ. Who's making way too much money, who clearly is not friendly with Sean Payton either. So that's, that's going to be something to look out for. I, I actually do think out of all these um, fantasy quote unquote trades we're making, the Broncos moving a receiver, I think is probably the most likely in real Very life. real. Yeah. And I think the teams that that I would like to see a receiver go to include the Lions and the Bills. Personally, for me, I'd like to see them add. Um, I think they would be more dominant that way. I, I think at the beginning of the season, we thought it was going to be all these AFC teams that were going to be competitive. And it's sure. the NFC that's been more interesting overall, oh, more surprising. I mean, I mean, minus the Houston, Texas. I mean, some people are saying, why don't we send a number one receiver to Carolina to pan the Panthers? But I don't like that for our fantasy values. I don't trust. I, Although, are you excited about fantasy value considering they're switching offensive play callers for Carolina? Is there I, hope? It's funny. So the two, cause I was going to throw in our trades, like, you know, any Dalton played really well that one week uh, when yeah. he was, when, and like, I know he's not a huge name, he should go to the Jets. but send him somewhere, send him somewhere where there's, there's, there's weapons to uh, utilize uh, because it doesn't do the Panthers any, like any justice by putting him back in and sitting down. Bryce, Bryce should play. Uh, maybe, you know, Frank Reich not calling the plays will help something. I, I don't know. Um, you know, we just had Lance Zerline on uh, who's from Houston does NFL.com uh, network scouting reports and, uh, he's just like, yeah, there's not a single person in Houston right now that would move CJ Stroud or Bryce Young. And it's, it's, you know, way too early to kind of judge him. But I do think that Andy Dalton clearly could win games and get his best players the ball. So I, I just feel like, um, you know, they, they should move on from him. But I, I think Bryce is going to struggle this whole year. And it, and it also shows you that mobile quarterbacks who are undersized can get away with this kind of stuff in college, even the SEC, not really the same kind of thing in the NFL. But you know what? I, as a person who drafted Adam Thielen, as long as he th- keeps throwing to Adam Thielen, I'm fine with that. I feel like CJ Stroud, we're the CJ Stroud fan channel, but like mm-hmm. I watched more CJ Stroud videos and just watching him talk about, you know, like how he, he improvised a play with Dalton mm-hmm. Schultz. I'm just, I'm so excited about CJ Stroud. I just think he's, I think the world of him and I'm excited. Such, they're actually playing each other this weekend, Bryce and Bryce Young yeah. and CJ yeah. Stroud. Yeah, and, are. Interestingly, I think you start the running backs in both matchups, by the way, and you could even pick up, uh, you should pick up Chubba Hubbard, who had, you know, looks like the better running back right now. Miles Sanders still on the injured list. And you should consider Devin Singletary because Damian Pierce also been a disappointment and Devin Singletary, those matchups are great. Houston and Panthers. Those are two good running matchups. So I'm excited about that game, but three and a half. Three and a half. Do you think the Texans covered three and a half? Will the Panthers get their first cover? Will they get their first win? It's going to happen eventually. This would be a game where it would make sense. Maybe Bryce has a little bit of a, like a file underneath them because he wants to prove that he was worthy of the number one overall pick. Um, but, you know, I just think that this 
this new regime and in, in, in Houston and with D'Amico Ryan's as head coach, who's done a great job. Obviously, he was a former Texan. He's just done a great job. I really do think you, know, you made the joke that we're the, the fan channel for CJ Stroud, but he did break this Buckeyes quarterback curse. They have a lot of good young, um, you know, talented weapons. I, I feel like in their offensive line is not even at full strength yet. And like the fact that Stroud just not turning the ball over and he's just so mature and has like the leadership qualities already as a rookie. Um, he's just been outstanding. So I I, I can see this. I can see this Texans team going on a bit of a roll here. They've been so good for fantasy, just yeah. like the Rams. You could just pick up all their players on the waiver wire. It's been awesome. Um, you've probably talked about this on every other podcast, but you probably haven't talked about it quite like this. And so I've got to get your expert male opinion on this one. Okay. First, I want to start out with the tush push. Mm. The brotherly shove whatever you want to call it. Do you think, and I'm going to, I'm going to let you go along my, my path of thought, like how I got to this. Do you think it should be okay? Should it be? Uh, no, no, you don't. Okay. No. Okay. I'm against it. I'm against it. For, and against I have, it. I have been for uh, almost over a decade, uh, definitely over a decade since the Notre Dame USC Reggie Bush pushing Matt Liner. Uh, I've been against that that play. It's not football. It's more of a rugby type thing. The rugby thing. I don't. Yeah. I don't. I don't understand it. Like I've never. It's also weird how we haven't really like the only time we've seen it happen was really that game where it became kind of this like iconic play, and then we kind of forgot about it again, and then now all of a sudden it's ca- it's happening like crazy. And what's so funny about it too? Another reason why I hate it is like when my team, the Giants, tried to do it, they failed at it like multiple well, times in the same game. So uh, I just don't. Think think you don't like when I look at a guy like Tom Brady, who was never a mobile quarterback, but was literally the best scramble, not scramble, the best um, quarterback yardage sneak. quarterback yeah. sneaker in the history of uh, football. It's like you don't need the tush push. You need you just need the the I guess the smarts of Tom Brady. So, yeah, I don't I'm not a not a fan of it. Okay. So of course the counter argument to that is look, just because we're really good at it and you can't do it doesn't mean we should be unable to do it. And, and and the reason I started thinking about this in more depth is because, yeah, we tried it last week, too. The Dallas Cowboys, remember, uh, on the terrible game that Mike McCarthy decided, don't get me started. Uh, he decided to go for it on fourth and one and try the tush push. And we couldn't do it. And I started thinking, OK, so what is it? Is Dak's tush too big? Like we just talked about tush push. Didn't we just talk about this? That like that people think so, like Dak's mobile. Dak is hum- Dak's a load. I mean, he, okay, so, so, so this is, so let me ask you this now, okay? So we agree. You look at Dak. Dak looks like a brick house. Like he's yeah. like big, right? So I'm listening to the broadcast last night. And Troy Aikman says, Brock Purdy is comparatively small for a, uh, you know, smaller for mm-hmm. a quarterback. He's 6'1, 220. Mm-hmm. Okay. I was like, 6'1, 220. One, I don't buy that. That dude is not 61220. Okay. He's going to give a social studies test. That's what he looks like he's doing. I don't believe he's 61220. Okay, but yeah. let's say he is 61220. Okay, let's say he is. I had just looked up because I was so concerned about the size of Dak's tush. What what height and weight Dak Prescott supposedly is? So according to the interwebs, Dak Prescott is 62228. Do you uh, believe that? I don't. I think he's definitely, I think he weighs more than that. I would not be shocked if Dak was closer to like 6'3". That's what I think too. And I think he yeah. weighs more than that. But why would you say your quarterback is under Now, here's the really interesting one. What do you think they say Jalen Hurts is? 
Because we can push his tush all over, apparently. I, I bet they say Hertz is probably like 6'1", 220-ish, but I guarantee he's probably closer to six foot. And maybe he may be around the 220-ish mark, but he's probably shorter than 6'1". They say he's 6'1", 223. Okay, so yeah. Okay, so if you're looking at Jalen Hurts, Brock Purdy, and Dak Prescott, who do you think is going to be the easiest to tush push? I would say Purdy's the easiest, Dak's the hardest. I would too. So I feel like you're at a disadvantage for that. But what I really want to say is, do we really believe these height and weight stats? Like, no, I feel I like mean, this is like a dating profile it, where you're just lying. I know. You're com- lying. I, yeah, and, and next thing I know, Jose Altuve is 5'8". Come on. Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah. If you see Altuve over the six foot mark, you know something's wrong. They, I mean, I know the combine, they, they really try to get it down to like the, the millimeter. Um, I think the team, the team the sites may kind of jack it must up, get fudged. but I totally, that, that's exactly it. And then the, the, the one that's the tails all this time that why, you know, that, whoever puts out these heights and weights kind of skews the numbers is it's the old Kevin Durant story of Kevin Durant on like team USA and stuff when, um, cause Kevin Durant was basically taller than like the centers on the other teams. He's like a seven, one, seven, two guy, but they always put him at like six foot 10. And then he would get in the team pictures and he'd be taller than like a DeMarcus cousins who they listed as taller. And they do that on purpose to make the matchups wrong. Uh, the size. So I'm wondering if that's like, cause I'm sorry. The fact that you're telling me that Dak Prescott weighs eight is an inch taller and weighs only eight more pounds than Brock Purdy. Yeah. I don't see it. I don't see it. I don't think so. I don't, I don't see it. And, you know, I, I know that the reason why the Eagles are bringing it back to the, the tush push, the brotherly shove is because their offensive line is great. And I know that Sirianni is um, likes to try to, you know, do new things. We have a great offensive line too. You do. Um, but I, I just think when you're getting to this thing of, of like, you want to, you know, are you gaining yards by just shoving an entire like line of scrimmage forward to me, it, it, you're almost in the same vein of like, why couldn't, uh, why couldn't your left guard just pick up, Jalen hurts in his arms and carry him and like together and run. Like it doesn't, to me, you're, you're making look football. Maybe he it's, should. it's just, it's becoming this like, kind of like this schoolyard. I, I want to see the Cardinals thing. do this with Kyler Murray. Yeah, I mean, it, that's a perfect one. That is a perfect one. Kyler Murray can get, yeah. I mean, Oh my God. Put awesome. him on your, sho- yeah, put him on your shoulders. Put him on your shoulders. Let him throw from your shoulders. Why can't 100%. you do that? It's turning into like, again, I challenge you Cardinals. I, don't like I, don't I like challenge it. you. I challenge you to do the, it, this, this is this is a league now in 2023 where there's so many rules, there's so many cameras, there's so many refs weighing in. They have you have got you have former referees in the booths with the announcers, you know, uh, looking at every angle of every play, saying this is legal, why is this illegal? And then now we're just letting like fullbacks and running backs and backup offensive linemen push quarterbacks from behind, and it just it it can become sloppy. It becomes like this kill the carrier sort of like again, it's a schoolyard play. It's like pee wee football stuff. I don't I don't like it. It's it takes. It, it's just not the same game. I, I don't understand it. I don't like it because the Eagles do it, but yeah, they, I don't know. The I, Eagles do make everything worse. They do make everything worse. I don't know if we're tainted because we're Giants and Cowboys fans. Yeah. Um, speaking of Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray could return as soon as this weekend. More likely it'll be in November, mm-hmm. but I think he's somebody that should be prioritized on the waiver wire. And the reason why is because let's be, let's face it, guys. Quarterback has been a really tough position this year. Yeah, Even Patrick Mahomes has been underperforming expectations. And in fact, Russ Wilson, as much as we may complain about him, has actually been fairly dependable. He's only had one real stinker mm-hmm. um, this season, and it was versus the Chiefs, who he plays again this week. So I've got a bit of a, a quandary in one leg of what to do. But Kyler Murray was uh, QB3 in 2020. He was QB10 in 2021. And on a per-game basis in 2022, 
people may not realize this, but he was actually QB nine. Uh, and that was in that gimmicky Cliff Kingsbury offense. I'm actually, you know, obviously you have to temper expectations when he does come back. He has some tough matchups. He's coming back from an injury. But this Cardinals offense is a little more interesting. It feels like a real professional NFL offense where Kyler Murray could give you, could, could, being the active word, top five QB finishes. Mm-hmm. You know, like he has the potential even if he does isn't as mobile, there is the potential there. I mean, we've seen Josh Dobbs look really good at which much less pedigree than Kyler Murray. Now, I don't know. Joshua Dobbs probably doesn't play as much Call of Duty. Who knows how much Call of Duty Kyler Murray's been playing for the last year? His, his brain could be rotten. I don't know. But listen, if they use our new play where they pick him up on the shoulder and carry him across, we're going to get a lot of fourth down conversions. So I say, go get Kyler Murray, put in your bids. No player has more potential upside right now that is widely available on the waiver wire. I'm glad you brought this up. I, I'd love to expand on this topic uh, for a number of reasons. Uh, I'll start with the Dobbs stuff. Cause you said something that actually, while it was uh, cloaked in a joke, I think it actually is very true <laughs> where like Kyler is notorious for not caring about the, 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 the practice element, the, 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 you know, the studying up on plays element of the, of the game of being a quarterback. Whereas any, everything we've heard about Josh Dobbs is like the complete opposite. The opposite. He's, like, he's like a rocket scientist. So out, not even in terms of like, the 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 Cardinals uh the offense not even in terms of the matchup just in terms of Kyler Murray having been on a football field in quite some time it, and let's just say you had to start him what is on a scale of one to ten what is like your confidence meter just on him being like rusty just straight from the practice field to to Sunday how do you feel about that because I, I have a number in mind I feel uncomfortable with him the first week he starts, you do I have okay. to watch that. That's, that's kind of how I felt too, because I was trying to think about targeting him. Uh, I'm, I'm in the league where somebody didn't already uh, pick him up. Uh, so I'm like, well, the rushing stuff is there. The Cardinals as a team have like been in almost every game, at least in the first half, they've yeah. always like been right there. Um, as they're having a, a you know surprising season when I think when Connor comes back, uh, he's been great. I, I think they have enough weapons. I know the, the injury to Ertz uh, stinks and hurts them, but like just seeing the success they've had, with Josh Dobbs, who's bounced around this league as a journeyman, and you bring in the guy who's an number one overall pick, and while he has his major, major negatives, he definitely, like you just listed all the times that he's finished the top 10, like he has the ability to be a a league-winning, a game-changing quarterback for you. So, like, I'm definitely intrigued by him, I think, with this coaching staff, too. Definitely a, a more stable coaching staff than, than with Cliff Kingsbury. But, you know, we've seen it too many times with, like, especially with, like, Deshaun Watson comes to mind immediately. When you're not in the football field for a right. while, there is a lot of rust. There's a lot of, like, I, I got to get acclimated again. But I do feel like at some point we're going to be like, oh, that's why Kyler Murray won number one overall. Yeah, I do think so too. And I think it's a little different than Deshaun. You're right about the rust, Mm -hmm. but um, this was due to injury and not due to other personal head problems that I think are manifesting. So I think it's, he's more likely to come back. Um, Yeah. Here's the thing. You, if you have an IR spot, you literally have nothing to lose because you can get him right now. And even if they don't activate him, just put him on your IR. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like you don't, there's, why wouldn't you get Kyler Murray? Like you just, you know, and then yes, if they activate him, you are going to have to make a decision, but at least hold him and don't let your opponent get him for now, because next week you may have somebody you want to drop to move him up anyway. Now I have him, I've had him and I don't even have IR spots. I've been holding him in my high stakes league. And in this league, I lost Justin Fields. 
So I'm like really praying for Kyler Murray. And in the meantime, I've been starting Russell Wilson. Okay. So I'm like in a jam and this week, Russell Wilson's matchup is bad. Okay. What would you do if they say Kyler Murray's starting? Would you roll the dice on Kyler Murray or would you start Russell Wilson, who has been surprisingly consistent, except for the time he started versus the Chiefs? I mean, this is the, I, I, I had this in the rundown as the question I wanted to ask you because I'm dealing with this exact issue. And I, I just, I mean, Russ has had some, like he had the one real stinker of a game, but in my head, I'm like, there's, there's, there's still like the possibility of, of a garbage time touchdown. And that's what like kind of intrigues me about like, he hasn't been like, I, I try, he's a veteran, like he can still move around a bit too, but then it's like the, uh, I feel like the upside of Kyler would probably be higher than the upside of Russ. And Russ, that's and that's, right. reason, that's the reason why I may I may just roll the dice and be like, all right, Kyler. Even if you're losing, what could you do? Could you scr- like his scramble ability? I mean, again, hopefully off the ACL, you never know. But it, I trust modern science; it's been pretty good. A lot of NFL players have come back just fine from that. But right. I, I I think I probably would for the week. I'd probably go Kyler. Okay. All right. I don't I feel good about it. Don't feel I'm, good about I'm it. thinking about it. I, I am considering it. it. I'm trying the, the matchup isn't good for either of them. Um, as far as, you know, just obviously the chiefs are bad and the Cardinals are, I can't remember who the Cardinals are playing. But it, 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 I remember just, looking at it thinking, no, it's, it's, um, it's what I don't even, I can't believe I'm like even going to say this, but it's like, I almost feel like in a way the Cardinals, even though they were supposed to be the worst team in the league, like they've been more stable. They've been more. No, I know like, exactly what you mean. I mean, that's why I actually picked them to cover this yeah. weekend, which again, obviously wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Started out well. Was close. Wrong. Yeah. Was, was close. close. Yeah. Eight and a close half. Doesn't get you. Lost anything, by unfortunately. I know. Um, but yeah. Okay. So there you go with Kyler uh, Gardner Minshew. Another one. Yeah. He's still throwing too many interceptions, but Oh, wait, hold on. I just thought of another fantasy trade. Can we move Zach Moss to Baltimore? That, so that Baltimore's a great, yeah, they can't both Zach Moss and Jonathan Taylor owners can be happy. Then Jonathan Taylor can get all of his touches and Zach Moss can get all of his touches and everybody wins. That's what I want to do. Yeah, oh. You can see already that Jonathan Taylor is like getting back to form. And like, it's like, okay, this guy is, is one of the best in the league, but it stinks because Zach Moss has proven that like, he's an actual quality NFL starter running back. It does. It does. So it, which actually run. concerns me a little bit for Bill's running backs. Cause for whatever reason, they don't do very well in Buffalo. They, they, they don't use their running backs. Well, it just doesn't seem to work out for fantasy mm-hmm. purposes. James Cook seems to be a bit of an exception. Congratulations for those of you who have James Cook. Yeah. Um, speaking of Indianapolis, as I said, Gardner Minshew is someone you could take a shot on. I think he's going to get better, especially with the threat of the run game in Indianapolis that should open things up. And with Gardner Minshew comes Josh Downs, who is surprisingly way more available than you would think. Let me give you these stats for the past three weeks, 243 receiving yards, 16 catches, two touchdowns. You want to hear Michael Pittman's stats, 16 catches, 244 receiving yards, one touchdown catch, but Josh Downs is available on the waiver wire and has an 80% catch rate, whereas Pittman's is like 57%. So Downs, slot receiver, but someone that has not seen fewer than four catches in any game with Gardner Minshew as the starter, this is a prime target, as well as Rasheed Rice, who I believe we talked about last week. Mm-hmm. By the way, our Thursday night player props were good last week. Don't let me forget to talk about that when we yes. get to Thursday. Yes. 
uh yeah with Rasheed Rice I, I feel like uh I mean I mean obviously Kelsey is the tar- number one target mm-hmm. but um they finally found like their guy that they could rely on the most. Like it's not Canarius Tony, it's, Justin Ross has a lot of issues on the field. It's like, it seems like Rasheed Rice is the guy and um, yeah. And yeah, downs. I mean, it's it's great when when teams figure out like okay we need a big body outside receiver and we need the guy that could actually work well in the slot the Colts did that it also kind of stinks that um you know obviously Anthony Richardson they take him very high in the drafts I, I feel like he has a lot of potential uh a big part of his game is running the ball I would have liked to see what this team looks like it would have been fun to see the yeah it would have been fun battles like the the Texans with Stroud Richardson with the Colts um but uh, you know again r- running is part of Richardson's game and obviously he injured himself and it seems like he'll be okay for next season but um that's a you know and with Jonathan Taylor coming back the offensive line looks a lot better they put up a ton of points for a great defense and that would have been a that's like that that's a good matchup for years to come. So I just hope that Richardson you know, gets back to form. And um, it seems like he was a lot of, you know, a lot of people were excited about him. They have some good weapons now. So that would have been a fun thing to watch. And plus the Jags, I mentioned the Jags, but that, that South division that we made fun of actually may be a little bit better than we thought. So that Jags game, which we had on Thursday night, mm-hmm. we nailed it. Yes. Travis Etienne, two touchdowns. Two. Good on you. And under the rushing yards, mm-hmm. which I said he would go under the rushing yards, but I liked the touchdown prop. You nailed it. You did it twice. And Alvin Kamara over receiving yards. That was the easiest prop over. How did they have it at 29 and a half? I was like, I didn't want to be like, this is really fishy, but it was fishy. Well, we shouldn't tell so, him. We just keep it on. Congratulations. <laughs> Don't tell him. Don't yeah. tell him. Yeah. Yeah, no, no. I think they got us back when they did all the spreads for Sunday and tricked us all into it. Right. Like, that is true. They gave us an easy win midweek and they said, you're not going to like come Sunday, we're but not uh, going to like it on Sunday. So yes. we're going to just like reel you in here. Um, other waiver wire ads, um, as I said, Rasheed Rice, Josh Downs, Marvin Mims is someone that becomes interesting again. If in fact they do trade Jerry Judy or Cortland Sutton, then surely Sean Payton will be required to uh, use Marvin Mims. Finally, uh, who else do I have? Um, Dalton Kincaid, obviously he was dropped in a lot of leagues. And now we know that Dawson Knox is out. So Kincaid becomes someone with really top potential. As we've mentioned multiple times on this episode, the bills could use uh, another pass catcher. And that should be Kincaid this Thursday versus the Bucks, who've allowed an average of 45 receiving yards per game. We'll talk about that shortly. Chuba Hubbard is someone to pick up. Devin Singletary, we mentioned. Kendrick Bourne. I, look, every game where the Patriots have scored 20 or more points, Kendrick Bourne has been a top 15 wide receiver in PPR. Mm-hmm. So if they can't figure it out, I can figure it out for them. You just need to get the ball more often to Kendrick Bourne for whatever reason. Deeper dive. Demario Douglas, believe it or not, Demario Douglas, especially because there are some strange rumors that it's possible that they might trade Bourne. Don't really think it happens, but Demario Douglas um, actually had six targets Sunday. He had 54 yards and he played 100% of the snaps in 11 personnel, mostly from the slot. He just has a lot of talent and he's someone that later, if you want to stash for down the stretch. I, you know, I, I don't think it's crazy. I mean, they could move on from Kendrick Bourne. So that wouldn't, yeah. that wouldn't shock me if he pops. I mean, it, there were, that was the rumor that, you know, Belichick wanted to kind of sell off parts and he wanted to, I think his one last hurrah was like get a top quarterback and rebuild and see if he could start a new dynasty. And that, that's like the end of it for him, um, which he'd have to sell off parts like that. To, and Bourne has been productive. So maybe, uh, maybe Douglas becomes the new, uh, you know, wide receiver one now if, if they do move on from, you know, before Halloween. Sneaky. 
Sneaky deep play. Uh, Jake Ferguson is a tight end. You can target has a really good matchup this weekend with the Rams. Um, Zeke Elliott, Ty J Spears. If he is not rostered, especially with all the rumors about Derrick Henry being traded, Ty J Spears is someone he could have gotten dropped last week. Again, check out him make sure you pick him up. Michael Mayer is someone that's worth targeting. Um, Darrell Henderson, you know, um, I said, as soon as I saw they activate him from the practice broad, he's the one I want because he's familiar with the offense. Um, I think he'll still lead the backfield this weekend. After that, who's to know again, this is Sean McVay. Anything could happen. Royce Freeman. You could also try to put bids on. I prefer, uh, Daryl Henderson for right now, but nothing exciting. We really want Kyron Williams to come back, but I do think that he's probably uh, worth some of your fab. Yeah, it stinks uh, as a person that has Kyron Williams on the IR. It, that's, but then you know, it's one of the times that you've listened, like when a coach speaks at a press conference and says, like, "Yeah, Daryl Henderson's familiar with the offense." I did the same thing. I picked him up as the the handcuff. Yeah, stardom. It, it paid off uh, in a sense. You know, he got the touchdown. Um, uh, what does he have? Like he had, you know, sixty one yards, eighteen carries. There you go. I mean, out carried Freeman. Yeah. So uh, over over double digit fantasy points, but then they put him back to the practice squad on Monday. That's so. just a formality though, because they can do that. They they have three times to do that before they have to add him to the active roster. Okay. So okay. really just think that's about um maximizing their availability to have guys rotated in and out for whatever. But I really think I think that's really just a formality with well, how they're getting the system. Hope it is because if I mean uh, I'll take that stat line from Henderson every week until Kyron's back, so I'm fine with that. Yeah, you just got to do something. Um, all right, let's do it. Thursday night football. We have the Bills. Last I checked, the line had moved to where they were favored by eight and a half. Eight and a half totals forty two. Yep. How do you feel about the Bills right now? I, 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 here's I, I have a couple of thoughts. Like I feel like this has to be a get right game, mm-hmm. but I thought that about the Niners. And I feel like they're having trouble uh, covering the spread. I should look up. How much are they actually covering the spread? doesn't feel like enough to yeah. tell you that. Uh, eight and a half is a lot. The Bucks have definitely surprised people. The one, the one thing I will say is that, like, the Bills are home. Uh, I, you know, maybe that would that helps the Bills in a sense. Like, I... I don't I don't love the, the number. I don't love I think the three and chances, four. I, I, I really I really feel like the Bucks could like find a way to cover the last minute. Um right now I, I probably actually am leaning with the Bucks covering um just because the Bills have been so shaky. The, the Bills should have lost to the Giants. The Bills, I mean, it wasn't for again Tyra Taylor audibling to a right. run. Terrible. Exactly. They they lost at a minimum three points there, and then obviously, if you want to yell about the referees, should have lost three games. This Darren season. Waller, you know, with the DPI, they didn't call that the back to back plays. It's fine. Then they go and lose a game to the the Patriots, who were my, you know, I think are the look like the current worst team in the NFL at least until last last week. So I I think right now I'm leaning towards a Bucks cover a Bills win. Um, right now when it's at eight and a half, um, leaning that way too. And, and, you know, for the the, the player props, um, just because it's early in the week, not a ton to choose from out right now on seasons. But there's one that I do like just because he's done this, you know, five times already this season, um, which is Stefan Diggs going over um, 86 and a half 
uh, receiving yards there. Uh, it's minus 117. Like I said, he's gone over. He's he's had 100 uh, receiving yards in five of his games this year. So, um, you know, he didn't do it last week versus the Patriots, who made it a point to kind of slow him down. Um, I think that he'll get back on track. I Look, if there's one thing that's a constant in Buffalo that could lead them to success and victory, it's the Allen to Diggs connection, despite whatever that's going on between both of them um, off the field there. I, I do trust in that. So, you know, Diggs over. I have a Bucks cover, but I have a Bills win. Okay, I got a couple of player props I like. And as you mentioned, there's not a lot available on the menu right now when we're recording this, which is Tuesday afternoon. Mm-hmm. There will be more. Caesars will give you a lot of options, but uh, we kind of give you some general ideas about how we think the game will go. And here's two props, early props that I think are good. One is for Dalton Kincaid to go over 36 and a half receiving yards. So he let all... Bills receivers last weekend, 75 yards. He saw a season high eight targets. And now we know Dawson Knox is out with his wrist injury. So I think he's going to pick up some extra routes on Thursday. We also know that the Bucks are allowing 45 receiving yards per game uh, this season. And about like 30, I don't know, five receiving yards per game across the past three. But, you know, they need another receiver there. I think that Kincaid can pick up a little bit of the slack. So I like him to go over that number. And the other one I like is actually on a Bucks player. We're still waiting on a lot of Bucks props. I yeah. um, always love Mike Evans. Uh, I think it's because Baker didn't practice yesterday, which isn't a big deal. Um, I, I think it's nothing, but anyway, keep your eye on that. Um, I like Rashad White for under 49 and a half rushing yards. And here's why. If you look at the matchup, you say, no, 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 he should go over, which is why it's set up as quote unquote high as it is because the bills actually are allowing a hundred rushing yards per game. But Rashad white is not efficient 3.2 yards uh, per attempt on the ground. Now he can sometimes save your fantasy team because he's a good pass catcher. Mm-hmm. He hasn't been efficient on the ground. 3.2 yards per attempt. In addition to that, chase Edmonds practiced in full on Monday. So they have yet one more running back. They could rotate in on Thursday. Should they choose to. And He's only gone over this prop twice all season. One of those times was versus the Chicago Bears. So I'm not even sure that one counts. So we're going to call it like once. He's done it once. And that was versus a tough defense. That's true, the Saints. Um, but once isn't enough for me to bet on him to go over. And on top of that, you've got the Bills favored by eight and a half. So if game script does go the way that, you know, Caesar Sportsbook says it's going to, it's not... I don't see how he stays in the game. I don't see how he gets to, to 50 yards. Yep. I, I love that. And I, again, I, we, like we said, we don't have a ton of the bucks props out yet because yeah. of potentially the Baker injury, but because of game script and because well, we'll see what happens this game. Our, our picks were in hot last week, but if the bills are leading and the bucks have to chase, I do feel like they're, you know, more Baker passes. It seems like Evans, it doesn't seem it is Evans is the guy that he trusts. Evans had a big, you know, nice game last week versus the Falcons. He scored six catch 82 yards. I, you know, if you want to throw on a, an Evans, anytime touchdown, I would not be shocked if he does. He's only scored. He's only not scored in two games this year so i think that's a possibility too again if they're if they're chasing into garbage time touchdown or something another reason why i do think the bucks will cover this game but um yeah bills win but uh i i do think hopefully we get back on track we've been pretty good with our tnf props so hopefully this is a, a good start to week eight for us okay everybody we'll be right back after this quick break
All right. We are just about at the end of the episode already. Let's just grab one or two questions. Sure. You guys feel free on, on Tuesday mornings. I usually tweet out um, that we are taking your questions and we love to answer your questions on the pod. So check for that tweet or if you want to even just send them at Jen Piacenti at that Eddie Murphy, you know, a day or two ahead of time, we'll put it in the queue for the podcast and get to it at the end of the show. So Eddie, what have we got today? Well, we'll start off with this uh, question dealing with receivers from Jackson Clark, Deontay Johnson, or Josh Palmer. Ooh, good question. Um, that has actually become a tough decision. I really like Josh Palmer. I think it's fairly obvious that he is the wide receiver too there. That being said, I'm still going to lean Deontay Johnson. Um, he was just behind George Pickens in opportunities this week. I think he probably still is the wide receiver one there as he gets more healthy. Um, and the matchup's just a little bit better. I'm sorry, you have to choose. I wish you could play both. I've uh, got a question from Steve Pavia. What's a fair value for a running back or receiver for Dalton Kincaid? So I don't think you need to overspend for Dalton Kincaid. Like, we have a lot of ideas that he's going to be good, but it is not a slam dunk. It's a tough position, and uh, the Bills can still make a trade, as we've suggested mm. many for them that they should take our advice on. Um, clearly, they're listening to this podcast and yeah. taking notes. Uh, I, so, I don't know, maybe like Jaden Reed, um, maybe like a back up ish running back. That's got the job for now to someone that's desperate, meaning someone like, I don't know, uh, Daryl Henderson. <laughs> I, I just I, want to know where paper Dalton Kincaid. I don't think this is some kind of a slam dunk and, um, in a tight end, I don't think you're going to win your matchups with Dalton Kincaid as your tight end though. I do like him. And if you have, you know, extra pieces and somebody else doesn't have it, give them what they need. Give somebody a handcuff for Dalton Kincaid. Mm -hmm. I love that. We, we need like some sort of like uh, equation, like uh, how much, like what percentage of a running back or a receiver equals like a tight end. And it's a weird right. thing too, where I think people uh, who are playing fantasy because they know that in most leagues usually only start one tight end. And then it's like, you have to find, the few that are good when right right now it's you know things are pretty scarce and like who's the top 10 obviously there's the kelsey of the world but like there's not a ton of guys who are consistently overly productive so it's like i think people are kind of slightly overvaluing the importance or the value of the tight right. end so like i agree with what you're saying jen do not overspend uh to bring in kincaid and uh this is the last question my bonus question what do i do between deshaun watson russell wilson or do i make a uh, panic trade to uh to keep my six and one team intact oh my god it's terrible it's so bad and tweet at me too listeners if you have any thoughts yeah i just have real issues trusting um Deshaun Watson at all. And <laughs> it should be a good matchup versus the Seahawks, but they've actually been better the last couple of weeks. So I feel like I don't feel comfortable starting Deshaun Watson. And I I would start Wilson between the two, mm -hmm. just because I think Wilson at least is going to remain healthy and won't get knocked out of the game and for a potential for negative points, which I think you have potential for negative points with Deshaun Watson because yeah. of this freakish injury. Um I don't know what you could trade and who's on the wire. Um, you do have the possibility maybe of Kyler, right? 
No, unfortunately, it's like my, this league stinks. Uh, it's it's a huge, huge benches. Like I, I, I'm, I play with a bunch of sharps who take a lot of guys quickly. Okay. I so know the feeling. Yeah, I know the I, feeling. I, of course you do. Yeah, this uh, is yeah. this is like for a home league. This is really as sharp as it gets. Um, basically, I, so it stinks. Familiar with the type. Oh, yeah. yeah, I think I would just start Russell Wilson this week and just say yeah. I'm going to take a floor of ten points. Expect it to be ten points. Yeah, that's what I'm, then, that's what I'm leaning. Yeah, I think that's what I would do. Look, I, I won know. last week with a minus, so I, I could. You take, did. I could that's take right. Point. I could take ten points. Ten no points. Problem. You just get to double digits. You're happy. I think. I think Russ can do it. Yeah, you can do it, Russ. <laughs> Rooting for ten points. That's something else. But yes, thank you to everyone. Uh, Extra points pod every Tuesday morning. Send your questions, uh, or at myself or at uh, Jen. We'll answer them and keep track of all our stuff uh, on our Instagram, YouTube, all that jazz. Good stuff. Great week of shows. So uh, happy to be back. Happy to be here as always. We will be back. Next week, oh, I guess since it's the end, I should quickly say congratulations to the Texas Rangers. Um, You totally won that one big time and good for you. I don't know why Houston can't fix his home struggles, but I do think they need a new manager. I love Dusty Baker. I think it's time for some new energy and for Kyle Tucker to wake up. And um, I'm bummed I don't get to go to my third World Series in the last seven years, but I also understand that I've had, I've been very fortunate as a fan. Um, and Hey, listen, now we don't have to pack a suitcase and get on a plane at the end of the week, which is always stressful. Right. That's the, that's the positive side. I, I mean, the fact that you were able to say it so um, calmly and uh, I mean, that's uh, that Jen, that must've taken a lot from you. So. I feel like I'm so spoiled. Cause I'm like, well, you know, I've been to lots of world series now and I, I, you know, they won a couple of them. They won two of them while I was there. So whatever, every once in a while, I mean, like, like, look, this is the last few years. Uh, 2017 won the world series, 2018 mm-hmm. lost the ALCS, 2019 lost the world series, 2020 lost the ALCS, 2021 lost the world series, 2022 mm-hmm. won the world series. 2023 lost the LCS. I cannot complain about sure. my team going deep into the postseason. So um, there were issues. I felt there's issues. Anyway, we, that's like literally like seven podcasts if you want me to get into the issues. Um, so I won't do that. But congratulations to all Texas Rangers fans. And um, I have to say I'm rooting, rooting for the Diamondbacks tonight. Just going to ask that. Yep. Figured. Yeah. Like I am. everyone is. I feel like a lot of people are just like tired of Philadelphia. I'm so tired of Philadelphia in every way, shape, form, mm-hmm. and fashion. Mm-hmm. And I'm also happy that the Niners lost because I'm tired of them too. And I shouldn't say that. It's not nice. But um, yeah. So go Diamondbacks, go D-backs, uh, shock the world, show the world what a bunch of kids can do when they get hot and lucky at the right time. And I love Brett Strong, who's their pitching coach. So, all right, that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening to WaveWord. We'll be back next week. Go win all.